This is Carl the Jackal Frampton. Hi, this is David Healy. Hello, this is Stephen Ferris. Hi, I'm Bethany Ferris. Hi, this is Joey Barton. I'm Jonas Gutierrez. Hi, this is Harry Kewell. And you're, you're listening, listening to The Score. score. The Score with Michael Clark. And welcome along to The Score here on Lisburn's 98FM and Bangor FM with me, Michael Clark. Coming up on the programme today, we get reaction from Larne, Linfield, Cliftonville and Glen Torren after the County Antrim Shield semi-final draw happened on Thursday evening. Championship and Premier Intermediate League thoughts. They're non-elite, apparently. Newry manager Darren Mullen and Distillery's Colin Hopkins will be on the programme. Plus... A preview of this weekend's Premiership fixtures and Manager of the Year, Oren Kearney, speaks to us on the show. All that and more, right here on The Score. The Score with Michael Clark. Well, the draw for the County Antrim Shield happened on Thursday evening. The draw, in case you missed it, is Lorne against Linfield and Cliftonville at home against Glen Torren. Those fixtures taking place on Tuesday, the 3rd of November. Joining us now on the programme to discuss their reaction to that draw is representatives from each of the four involved clubs. And uh, if I could start with... Um, Lauren's representative Neil Clark, uh, please uh, at home against Linfield. Neil, uh, your thoughts on that one? Uh, I don't think it gets much bigger than that, to be honest with you. Um, at this time of the season, it, it's pretty quite hard with, with the break and sort of trying to get back into the football again. But following on from the momentum that we sort of had last season, I think we have to we went to our heads held high and give it a go. And, and, I mean. This is where we want to be. We want to be around at this stage now, you know, in, in the semi-finals, finals of the competition. So, yeah, it's an exciting game. And it's a shame that probably not the crowd that, that would normally be at Inver for a game like this won't be able to enjoy it. But obviously we'll do everything we can to sort of what, what streaming or whatever so people can enjoy it. You certainly have been able to, to have a, a decent number of things uh, considered recently. How much will uh, a semi-final this early in a season mean to your supporters? I think it gives it a massive lift. I mean... Obviously, as everyone's fully aware, I mean, it's been a bit of a rebuilding process in Lauren the last couple of years, and I'm not saying that we're there yet, but we're, we're certainly on the uppers of that, and we have to keep that momentum going. I mean, we had a very good semi-final on Tuesday night against against Crusaders, and it, it, I suppose for us, it's just keen to keep keep going from where we were last season, and the new additions to the squad as well, hopefully leaves us in a, in a better state going forward. And uh, 4-0 against Crusaders. I mean, talk about setting yourself up. Are you going to be able to replicate that form every week? No comment. Uh, listen, we all want that. If you know, I mean, everyone wants to be there. I mean, getting about, I mean, whether it's the league or the county amateur, whenever we get to this stage, I mean, I think all teams are bit, are capable on their day of beating each other. You know what I mean? And I think it's good. So to me, it's probably the thing which I get consistency. And, you I mean, Tiernan's working very hard, the coaching team or whatever, with the new additions. Um, yeah, obviously we very much want to, want to be able to keep that form going. And Stephen Shaw of Linfield also on the programme here with us. Stephen, you've heard what Lauren have had to say. This is great. It's almost like a boxing smack talk kind of build up here. Um, yeah, yeah. Linfield are no strangers, obviously, to silverware. The County Antrim Shield, I think it's fair to say, takes on an extra importance this season, doesn't it? Um, I, th- I think it does. The, the County Antrim uh, has come very early on in the season and it, it is obviously the first competition for uh, the four clubs and I think I, I'm actually quite uh, excited about the semi-final. I was excited before the draw because I thought that um, uh, any tie between the four clubs would have, would have been in normal circumstances a real crowd puller and uh, you know, we're excited. You know, We have been back uh, uh, very early obviously with Europe and then we had to then revert back to uh, pre-season. But uh, I think this has um, been a really good uh, introduction to the Premiership uh, in the form of uh, a, a real competition. Fans like competitions 
Linfield fans were well used as semi-finals and finals. And uh, I think even I think David has the the the, the team well prepared. David's been there. This is now five years this week, and uh, we're looking forward to him raising the bar f- uh, further. And, and we're just want to push on and um, see w- uh, where we end up. Well, exactly five years uh, of David Healy now. I mean, what a five years he has had. I think uh, he's proved a lot of people wrong. Any doubters that there might have been in the early stages? So I think he has. Uh, his record, um, there were times, there was one season we had a, a bit of a dip and uh, there were our standards always high and basically we uh, um, we heard some uh, very negative comments but uh, David uh, has big shoulders and he's able to, to take that and we feel that he has done an absolutely tremendous job since he came in October 2015. Well he certainly has and I'll be having an eye on some more silverware especially against these can we call them young upstarts in Lauren certainly they, they took the league by storm last season. Well, certainly when we played them, I think it was in January, and uh, they beat us uh, 3-0, and they looked a very, very competent side. Yeah, certainly. We know what they're about. That is a semi-final to save Lauren against Linfield. And uh, the other tie, as I mentioned at the start of this, Cliftonville against Glen Torren. David Begley joining us from Cliftonville. And uh, it just so happens this is the fixture that uh, keeps happening, David, doesn't it? It was your last league game. It's your next league game. It was a cup game. It's the County Antrim Shield semi-final. Yeah, we start this Saturday in the league again. Welcome and Glen Torren to Solitude. and It's going to be another quick return for them. Back over again, you know. And, I mean, you have each other well-scouted throughout the years, not just in uh, recent times, but uh, it's going to be uh, an exciting game, I would think. It doesn't have nil-nil written over it, this one. There's the scud. Thanks for that. Well, they <laughs> end up with penalties then. Somebody has to win this tie, you know. Um, but, you know, as we said before there, you know, any draw at this stage was going to be an exciting draw to get. You know, you always want home advantage. But realistically, given the standard of all the teams involved, I don't think home advantage really makes that much difference, especially with the, the absence of so many fans from the games. You know, and that's going to be our biggest challenge dealing with the restri- all the restrictions that surround football at the moment. As the holders and the dramatic way in which you won it last time, you'd be happy if the next game or two were really boring, wouldn't you? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know about that. I, you know, just prefer to just to say a, a good entertaining football match, you know, um, right throughout it. Uh, you don't want to see games that are hanging out and boring and not very entertaining for people to watch, even if you do get a 90 second bit of excitement at the end, you know. Um, I just like, you know, I think we all like just to say a good entertaining game. Well, it certainly was a, a magical final, and um, uh, given everything that sort of followed this year, um, outside of football. I'm sure it's a lovely memory to have, you know, recent to look back on that night and, and that late drama. Yeah, uh, I think uh, it's the, the the clip on the BBC has been uh, <laughs> viewed many, many, many times now. Um, and uh, yeah, it is, it is nice to go back and look at it every so often. Now, Ian, um, obviously you're going to want to deny Ian Clark from Glentoran. You're going to want to deny Cliftonville that opportunity. Um, we've seen how busy Glentoran have been throughout the summer. Obviously, Irish Cup winners as well. You'd love to be County Antrim Shield winners to kick off your new campaign, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely, Michael. It's it's incredibly. It's 10 years since we last won the, uh, the County Antrim Shield of Glenfield at Windsor Park. And the final will be 10 years ago. And then we've got, um, we lost to Cliftonville last year, so it's a repetition. Of, um, of of our visit to Solitude last year. The thing is, over the last few years, you know, we've had some incredibly tight matches. The number of, the number one nil matches there have been against Cliftonville, a number of very late winners there have been in these games. You see, mostly to be fair, mostly to be fair to Cliftonville in recent years, we've played at Solitude. But I mean, we felt we um, were worth the win in the cup semi final. We won the last time we were up in Solitude for the first time in a couple of years. So you know, we'll, we'll go up there. Feeling not necessarily overconfident, but what they're feeling reasonably positive about it and feeling that we're certainly going to get a count of ourselves. And we saw on international duty Paul O'Neill in amongst the goals, three goals in two games. Uh, marvellous stuff from him. And he said when I spoke to him after the game, you've two brilliant players in every position. 
So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out over the course of the year. Uh, a welcome problem for any manager to have picking an 11. Well, Paul, Paul's actually a perfect example of that, Michael. Um, Paul, the, the week Paul's had has been incredible. I remember exactly this time last year, Paul was away with the under 21s and he was frustrated because he went, didn't get picked, and then was worried about getting his place back in the Glen Thorne team when he came back. Now, he's gone this time, had a fantastic um, few days, and we're looking forward to having Paul back with this. I mean, Mick's got a lot of selection um, decisions to make, so he has probably got two very good players in his position. But really, given the way this year is going to pan out, it's going to be a lot of Tuesday, Tuesday Saturday games um, this season. So I think Mick's reckon that, that that's the best way for us to do it. That, that'll hopefully show benefit for us later in the season. Really exciting ties. Just a, a reminder, Larne versus Linfield, Cliftonville versus Glentorn. Those games happening on Tuesday, the 3rd of November. And just before I let everyone go, the secretary of the County Antrim FA is the man that's made this possible, Adam Simpson. Uh, your thought on the draw, obviously doing it virtually rather than all of our lovely faces sharing a room. Yes, this is my, my third year in the role. And typically we'd be doing the semi-final draw for the Tools Battle Com, kind of machine live in Radio Ulster. And tonight we're doing it live in my dining room so that's that's a new experience um but no like some, some great ties obviously a bit of days that in terms of um hosting down to the semi-final stage and obviously lauren going for for the first piece of silver in the, in the county on the machine at the linfield um they'll obviously you know been there and, and done it before so no it'll be obviously in the midst of everything's going on the minutes and, and great to have um football back and and, and great to have Supporters back at matches, albeit in all of the, the capacity that we'd all like to see. But, um, you know, for fans of all those clubs and football fans in general, it's good to have those, those matches to look forward to in the not too distant future. Certainly the case. Uh, very well said, Adam. Thank you very much uh, for that. And, uh, gentlemen, thank you for your time on the programme. Thank you. The score with Michael Clark. Okay, joining us now on the score is Newry City manager Darren Mullen. And Darren, we thought we were going to be looking at, you know, maybe in a week's time, you getting back to playing league football. We now know that is not the case. Yeah, uh, afternoon, Michael. Um, we were hoping after last night originally that we would have been given our fixtures to start next Saturday. Um, and obviously now that's that's not the case. So, yeah, initial annoyance, I suppose. Look, in the grand scheme of things, are not people that are worse off than ourselves and you know in their businesses and their, their livelihoods but in, in terms of sport you know we've got ourselves to a point where we're you know fit to return in a safe manner which we've been proven in our, in our pre-season friendlies and our cup game at home the other night um so to be told now that, that you know not only do we have no games but we can't train um it's just a fail to see the reason behind it at this stage is that what makes it even more difficult to accept the fact that you can't even train that and after putting in so much work yeah, well, initially, from a playing perspective, um, you know, when you look at other countries, their, their leagues are playing, you know, down through the ranks for second and third division, um, you know, and don't seem to have any issues, then that, that's an annoying factor for me. It's different if, if it's been proven that there are a lot of cases through clubs and through participation support. Um, but that doesn't seem to have been the case. We've been back now, um, three months and we have our controls in place. Should be a training and games and it's been no one at the club has been affected. In, in any manner throughout this. So I don't understand why, you know, the Premiership football on its own without ourselves. I don't know the reasoning behind it. Um, and I don't know who has termed, um, our division and, and that below us as, as non-elite, surely within NIFL. And bear in mind, you have to meet a certain criteria to get your, your license to play. Um, you know, I, I don't see why we can't be bragging it in the same manner. And I'm sure you've now had to feel lots of, Phone calls from your players who I'm sure got it. Yeah, they are because um, look, it's they've all been looking to return to football. You know, we've been training and planning for it for the past three months, and I know they're asking me questions. What are we going to do now for four weeks? And again, it's because back to a very important issue in terms of mental health. And I know sometimes that can be bandied about very easily, but it, I, I know from speaking to players and, and people involved in the club how important the club is in terms of their mental health. You know, it gives them a focus, it gives them something to do. Um, you know, we, we're training tonight. It's our last time testing tonight. We'll go down tonight. Our COVID officer will, will take our temperature, have sanitised, change outside, no showers, and move on. So it's baffling from that regard. I, I don't think we've been taken into consideration um, in this from a sporting context. Uh, you know, I, I don't see why we couldn't start next hour. 
and that is the bitter pill to swallow having put all the measures in place having had to adapt so much and, and make so many changes to now be told actually you did that for nothing because you're still going to have to wait yeah that's an point. and again lack of communication in terms of why um you know it's 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 easy it seems easy just to say you're not elite okay well who's made this decision that we're not elite you know where, where is this term coming from um we can't seem to find out who has made this determination. You know, should it be Niffle or, or someone at the assembly, and why? And I appreciate that something has to change. I mean, the, the number of cases is way too high, um, but it's not attributed back to um, a sporting context from what we can see. And for me, it, it doesn't make any sense um, to, to cancel the football at, at that level. Like it's great for the Premiership and. And their fans will be able to get to see a bit of football, but I, I really don't see how we can't continue to play football. Bear in mind, we had a game during the week, no issues. So it's it stains and it's annoying. And look, people say it's only four weeks, but you know it's it's a long four weeks when you've when you've nothing. And it's a strange four weeks after. I mean, Nal Curry was on the program last week, and he said it's the longest pre-season in history. And you know, there's no way the players won't be fit now to put everyone through that physically and then take them out of it for four weeks for, obviously, clubs below the Premiership, such as your club, uh, that's going to have its own impact as well. Initially, it's deflating, because you you had, you had something to aim for. When you had that provisional date of the 17th, which we had originally, um, you had something to aim for and play for, and you could organise friendlies. It wasn't, for want of a better term, a meaningless pre-season, because at that early, the early stage, you didn't know what was going to happen. Once you get that date, you had something to aim for. Um, now you've been told it's a minimum of of four weeks and to get yourself prepared mentally and physically for that and then to be taken away I can understand everybody's annoyance involved and not just at Mule Club but at other clubs you can see that in social media there are a lot of people that aren't happy with it but again the reason for it baffles me I don't see why we couldn't um, start our league next Saturday and the other thing is right we know four weeks initially anyway but your players won't be fit to play in four weeks if they said, right, in four weeks' time you've got a game. If you haven't had any training, surely you can't play a match. No, we've been told there's going to be a two-week lead-in period for it, so I don't know, is that going to be two weeks before the end of four weeks? It's going to be two weeks in top of the four weeks. Is it going to be six weeks then? It's, look, it's going to be very difficult for that. And, you know, we've had to deal with players who had, had gone and get tested. You know, thankfully, none of them come back um, positive. That's just something that you're going to have to prepare for because they're obviously involved in other activities away from from the club but within the club um, you know the players have been fine they've got themselves the level of fitness now all good to go you know start off a cup the night with a win and, and everybody excited and start for the season so yeah it's, it's going to be difficult um, you know for a way to lift them uh, after so it's yeah it's disappointing there's no point in saying different we've heard so much from premiership clubs what is it like for Newry City specifically? I mean, these last few months, how difficult has it been for you as a manager to, to try and cope with this and obviously for your directors, your chairman and everything to try and get the club into a position where you, you were about to start a season? I mean, initially, extremely difficult. Right? And still, it's pretty difficult because you don't know what you're working with in terms of your budget. Um, you know, a lot of our sponsors are local and they have been affected by this. Um, you rely on, on Lotto and um, businesses putting up signs around the ground so it, it's been very difficult initially to work to, to some sort of a budget we've been looking a lot of the lads are local and, and you know have stuck by us um, then you get yourself into a position where where you're good to go and we don't know what's what's going to happen now you know it affects more than just the players it affects you know the committee in terms of how they run the club um, the fans who look forward to, to coming down every weekend to watch us you know they're going to have nothing to do for, for the next four weeks so it does knock you back and it'll, it'll be the same for a lot of clubs it's, it's extremely difficult financially for us um, as it is you know we were relying on, on some of the gates coming up um, to help fund the club but you know, we're just at a loss now at the minute we don't know what's going to happen and you know at the minute there's very little in terms of financial help coming either our way or, or I'm sure most other clubs way um, to try and help us fund the club you know, uh, it'd be no surprise if, if you know someone's going to end up in in really difficult trouble and, and find it hard to get out of. And that um, is what so we don't want to see. I mean, I watched earlier on. We were speaking here on Thursday afternoon for any of our listeners on Friday, uh, just to I guess put context into when this conversation is happening. And I watched the committee for the communities talking with the NFL task force. Jared Lawler was explaining that 
by the first quarter of next year. Premiership clubs, quite a significant number of them, could be in financial difficulty if there isn't support provided almost immediately um, from Stormont. And if that's happening in the Premiership, Darren, I can only imagine just how stark the reality is elsewhere. Yeah, I don't think people realise the amount of overheads and, and the costs that's involved in, in running a football club and even just keeping a, a ground open. Um, you know, so first of all, now we don't have any games, any gates, and help that you know we, your sponsors aren't exactly going to be jumping all over you if, if you're not participating in any sport and to promote their business in whatever manner. And at this moment in time, you know the, the financial help from whatever. IFA, UEFA, NFL, or whatever it might be, you know, has been, been minimal. Um, you know, and at some point in time, someone's going to hit the wall. I hope that doesn't happen. I really don't. Um, you know, because I, I know from our own club, the amount of work that a lot of volunteers put in to get the club going, but it's uh, stopping the football certainly doesn't happen from that regard. Uh, very trying times. I really appreciate you coming onto the programme and giving us a picture of how things are when you're in City. Hopefully, um, we're able to get you more answers in the coming days. But for now, Darren Mullen, thanks very much for coming onto the score. Yeah, thanks, Michael. The score with Michael Clark. That was Newry City manager Darren Mullen speaking to me yesterday, not long, in fact, after the uh, classification was confirmed. After there was a bit of confusion the last couple of days, it must be said, because on Wednesday night the IFA put out a statement, then the statement disappeared from their website, and then it went back up again yesterday morning, Thursday morning, uh, basically saying what it had said the night before. So we don't really know the reason why the statement went down and came back up. Perhaps it was a scheduled post with people being away. Maybe it was put out at p.m. instead of a.m. Answers on a postcard. Best guesses, please and thank you. But the bone of contention, and certainly. The word that people keep bringing up is elite. What does it mean to be elite? Is elite a new strand of classification within local football? Is it now elite, senior, intermediate, junior? Is that how it is? No, is the answer to that question. That is not the case. Quite a few people have wondered that and posed that to me and they're saying, oh, have 12 clubs now become elite and they've split away and there's a new classification above senior? That isn't how it's being viewed. And equally, the Women's Premiership is also being classified as elite. That isn't a reflection on the Championship or other competitions either. So let me try and explain this, and I'll do it as best as I can. Elite is not a phrase that has been created within football. It is a phrase that has already existed and is being used across every discipline, across every sport, by the Northern Ireland executive. Stormont essentially are trying to protect elite pathways. That means into European competition, onto the international stage, people that might compete in Commonwealth Games, etc., across different areas in the sporting spectrum. So they wanted governing bodies across the board to help them identify what are elite competitions, what must, what are the bare essentials that we need to keep people being able to represent their country on the international stage and go on and compete at the highest level. And that is essentially what it comes down to. This is not a decision, as far as I understand it, that the Northern Ireland Football League has made. It's something that they've been kept abreast of by the Irish Football Association. But every governing body was told by Stormont, we need to reduce the amount of people mingling it's the same across society at the minute you've seen various sectors hit bars restaurants etc closing beauticians different therapeutic services hairdressers barber shops all having to shut for the next few weeks and sport was being given the same task we need everything pretty much to shut down bar in our own way our essential services if you like the things that help northern ireland on the international stage and it's a very difficult one for clubs to swallow. But essentially, the Irish Football Association have said, well, the top flight of the men's game is obviously the one that benefits the Northern Ireland team the most. There's European progress there, which you can compete in the Europa League, the Champions League, similar for the women's premiership again. And that league is also full of international players. So they've looked at it and said, well, we don't want to hamper the Northern Ireland men's team. We don't want to hamper the Northern Ireland women's team. We cannot prevent clubs qualifying for UEFA competitions. 
Therefore, those leagues must be classed as elite. Now, I understand the frustration of anyone underneath that and saying, well, what about our league? What about all the criteria we meet? This is not anybody in football in Northern Ireland saying that the championship isn't important. This is not anybody saying the Premier Intermediate League, the Amateur League isn't important. It is basically them trying to comply with the government. Now, why are there inconsistencies? This isn't fair, you might say. And a lot of people have been pointing the finger at other sports. The IFA, and I'm not defending them here, I'm trying to explain the logic and feel free to disagree with the logic. That is your right. But this is it as I've understood it and I'm trying to break it down for you today in the program and give you the tools to make your own decision by giving you an explanation that I've sought. So I'm relaying information um, and then you can do with it what you will. The governing bodies of each sport have an onus on themselves to make sure that protocol is adhered to, that full safety and compliance is there. And if another sport, I think the IFA's position would be something along these lines. If another sport wants to try and open things up a lot wider and let things go, well then that's on their conscience. But the Irish Football Association is trying to be very strict with how things proceed here. And that is obviously very, very, very disappointing for nearly everybody that plays football in Northern Ireland, let's be honest, because we're talking about two leagues in the country may continue. And that's essentially it. The County Antrim Shield is able to go ahead because the four participants left are premiership clubs that would be competing against each other anyway. But that is why other competitions have had postponements of their draws or postponements just in general because if there's clubs that don't fall under the elite bracket well then it isn't appropriate to have them trying to play games in a time where they're not permitted to even train so that's where the rationale has come from the one opinion I would like to offer today on this isn't about whether that is fair or not in team four teams underneath the premiership the one opinion I would like to put today is this one whatever you think of the decision can we all stop using it as an opportunity to, to have a go at other football clubs, have a go at leagues? I've seen a lot of ridiculous comments about the women's premiership and people trying to compare how good their team is to a team in a different league that they aren't able to play in. It's ridiculous. There are international footballers in the women's premiership. They have the chance to compete in the Champions League if they win their league. So... Let's give that the respect it's due. It is not anybody in that league's fault that your team might not be playing. The government and the governing bodies of each sport have had to come to that decision. If you have a gripe, it's with either Stormont or the IFA. I would see it as. And I don't think that in this time when we're talking about championing mental health, when we're talking about be kind, when we're talking about all of these things, all in this together... I don't think we should be cutting down any league. I don't think we should be criticizing any individual managers or players. I think it's a time when, yes, defend your club. Yes, defend your league. But raise each other up. Make those arguments. And far be it for me to decide ultimately whether you're successful or not. It's completely above my pay grade whether your league ends up becoming reclassified. But let's have a bit of perspective here. This decision is not something that we can... We shouldn't be looking at a league that is able to play with envy and frustration at that league, at that league's participants. They haven't made the decision. So if I could appeal for anything today, it would be a bit of common sense and that we stop making ridiculous comments, particularly anti-women's football comments, when we've seen such a development in that league over the last number of years and when we've got more coverage for it and we've got a league that is giving young girls the chance to progress in their sporting careers in a way that just wasn't possible before so that is my one point on that I don't want to labour it but it's an important one to make so just to I guess put a fine little ribbon around it and then move on the reason other leagues haven't been deemed elite is because it's been deemed that there isn't the same pathway to elite competition 
you'll let me know what you think on that. I know you will. The score and I on Facebook and Twitter um, for all your thoughts. And I'm always grateful to hear your opinions. But can we all agree on one thing? Whether you agree on the definition of elite, whether you agree that teams that you might follow have been left out, can we all agree to stop having a go at the teams that have been included? Please. The Score with Michael Clark. Now, I'm very pleased to say joining us on the programme is the Northern Ireland Football Awards Manager of the Year, Oren Kearney. Oren, congratulations. Thank you, Michael. Much appreciate it. Your second time winning the award. You're obviously doing something right. Um, yeah, you can say that. I think you can also say I said it the first time round. I think it's a sign of uh, of a club. I hope that's in a, in a good position and, and that's with all all dimensions of the club working well because, um, yes, you know, I, I stand at the front and I'll, I'll lift the trophy, but I think it's one of those where you really lift it on behalf of everybody because if it wasn't for the work of the board and, and the stewards and, and particularly the players and everybody else who, who have coaching staff who have absolutely knocked their pan in as well, um, I think it's just a big reward and big testament to everybody involved at the club. And it must be nice to have something to look back on the last season with and and be you know happy about because there's so much more that you probably could have achieved had the season not have finished the way it did. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the, the little bit that still irks, and I think will irk for for years to come is that um, the, the what if of of what we could have possibly achieved. You know, we had, we were in a good place, we'd real good momentum. I think we'd won twelve of our last thirteen games, um, and we're coming into the final sort of the final sort of push. So um, it, it made for a really interesting. Um, finish. We'd won a few years ago with the Crusaders when they put this on the final day. But, but even the memories of that and the, and the intensity of that running was was brilliant and, and really enjoyable. And I think everybody was just craving that again. Now you know the club's brought out new kits. There was a wonderful video to go along with that, and two words which stuck in my mind. Thought maybe summed things up perfectly. Unfinished business. Is that exactly what this season is? Um, we, again, you hope so, and yes, you know, we have a lot of good guys behind the scenes there who are very thoughtful and, and have put a huge amount of work into the, the commercial side of things and the, the videos, the uh, uh, photography and, and, and everything that comes out from the club. And, and as you say, I think even with, with Jimmy doing the voiceover on it as well, just adds that, that real professional touch. And I think it came across really well. And I think the two kits are lovely as well. And, and I think the way they were released was, was fantastic. Yep, uh, very smart kits as well. A, a nod to the history, which uh, obviously has gone down really well with supporters. But uh, I know you're always a man looking to the future, not so much over his shoulder. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I remember the kit, um, even that it's been based on. Um, and it is quite an iconic kit. And I think, uh, as you say, the two kits are lovely. But for us, it's about uh, pulling them on tonight and, and getting three points and trying to, to kick on, as you say, and, and, and make this season um, a real good season. And what a way to start a season. Balamini United, don't need to talk that game up anymore. It means a lot to you and the players. Um, yeah, it's true. I, think, I don't think I remember ever having a, a derby as the opening game um, of the season. Um, but that's the way that it's fallen. So, um, listen, for us, it's, I think everybody's just uh, really glad to be getting back into the competitive side of it. Um, you know, Balamina was our last probably domestic competitive game in the Irish Cup where they uh, they put it out on on penalties there. So uh, you know, for us, it's it's important now that um, that we start the season on a good foot and get out with a real good performance tonight. I'm not asking you to give away anything for Mr. Jeffrey. Should he be uh, one of your on the radio? But um, everyone fit and ready to go. Um, yeah, yeah, we're all in a good place and and have, have trained really well, particularly the last couple of weeks. Um, probably because we've been on the go a bit longer than everybody else. We, we've eased off the games in the last couple of weeks. Um, and with that, um, we've just tried to freshen up from a training point of view. So training recently, particularly the last four or five training sessions, uh, have been really, really good. And we're sitting in a, in a super place. It's so good to have football back and uh, wish you all the very best for tonight. Thanks for coming on to the show, Oren. And once again, congratulations on your Manager of the Year award. Thank you. Cheers. The Score with Michael Clark. And things keep moving at a fast pace on the programme today. But I'm delighted to welcome back onto the show now a very familiar voice for listeners of The Score, Colin Hopkins. Colin, it's good to have you back on. It's been nice to be back on after such a long, long time to be honest, Michael. Privileged to be back. Strange, strange times for all of us. And before we 
do our preview of the Premiership Games happening this weekend. Just a word on your club, Lisburn Distillery. We've already heard from Darren Mullen in a championship perspective. The Premier Intermediate League clubs are in the same position as the championship teams, deemed not elite and therefore not in action for the next few weeks. Yeah, that's uh, unfortunately the situation we've found ourselves in at this moment in time, which is very frustrating all around for, for supporters, for players, for coaches. You know, it's, it's been frustrating the fact that we've built up over this last few months to, to have a start of the season, if that makes sense, and then all of a sudden just the, the rug to be pulled under the last one. It's unfortunate because I think all the clubs at all levels are probably doing their best to keep games, you know, to go ahead over this last lot of weeks. I mean, I know we ourselves have been putting all the various measures into place, you know, to, to play friendly games at our ground. And they've all went very, very easy with any, any sort of hassles or issues to be honest. And then all of a sudden they've been told the last one, I'm sorry, you can't start this week. It's been very, very frustrating, but it is what it is. We'll have to live with it. And then hope, hopefully, hopefully in four weeks time, we'll be all systems going again. Everyone's talking about finances at the minute. I mean, just how tough are times at the club, uh, your club specifically? Well, it's very, very tough. There's no, there's no two ways of saying around it. Thankfully, at our sort of level, we don't have the, the high wages and so forth that obviously premiership clubs have to find on a, on a regular basis. So from that sort of viewpoint, we've got some sort of relief on it. At the same time, bills go on. You know, the electric bill goes on, the insurance goes on. And the day-to-day running costs of, of, of actually owning a ground as such tend to go on, and you've got to you've got to find them somewhere. And if there's no money coming in whatsoever, you know, any money that you have given just three grants or whatever, it soon, soon disappears. To be honest, and you're you're really against the wall. But the moment we're okay, just about. But if this was to go on longer term, I would have serious concerns, not just for our club, but I think for most of the clubs in our division and quite potentially the championship as well. Well, that is something definitely we are keen to look at on the score and clubs at all different levels let us know your circumstances let us know the problems you're facing if we can ask questions on your behalf we'll certainly do that i mean in the lead up to this program i had people asking me what was going on with the women's irish cup draw i was able to go to the ifa they were able to tell me that draw has been postponed other competitions obviously the the junior shield as well the county under mfa confirmed that wasn't happening for the time being the steel and sons cup has been postponed uh, there's a lot of postponements at the moment, it seems like they're trying not to cancel anything, but they know that things kind of need to be pushed down the line a bit. Would that be a fair comment, Colin? Yeah, I think that'd be fair enough. I mean, we want to try and avoid cancelling anything we can. Um, as you know, as well as being involved with the story, I'm involved with the Northern Ireland Women's Football Association, which has now been put on, on hold as well. Now, we only had another few weeks to complete that particular league, but unfortunately, it's been put on hold. Whether it'll be able to be completed at the end of the four weeks, time will tell, but you know, you're talking, you know, sort of the cuts of 40 teams all of a sudden just put into limbo, uh, sort of more or less at the end of the season, which is quite frustrating. But once again, it is what it is. We'll have to just learn how to go with it and just run around it. And such, and there's never a good time for any of this to happen, clearly. But given, you know, the increased coverage of the women's premiership, um, they at least, I suppose, have the knowledge they'll be able to continue. But uh, women's football as a whole, um, it felt like it was renewed energy this season and to have so many of the players unable to participate uh it's a bit of a sucker punch yeah it's it's been very very tricky to be honest i mean you know the one thing i've sort of learned about the women's football maybe more so than men's to a certain extent and there is that you know that a lot of the women rely on as a sort of a a means of getting out and uh, keeping themselves fit obviously mentally it helps and mental health and all this sort of type of things and all of a sudden you know these things have you know they're they're, the way they look out towards us, it's all been taken away from them. So we, we've got to sort of look at all that sort of side as well to see how we can continue to support not just teams but also individual players as well from that viewpoint. It's been interesting listening to some of the talk in the Northern Ireland Executive and uh, the Department for Communities and what's been said there. It is clear that they understand the massive role that sport across Northern Ireland plays. It's just a matter of whether they can find the funding that is required and that's obviously a case that's being put forward by the NIFL task force amongst others and the IFA will be going in front of the department next week I understand so it will be uh, one to watch to see what comes out of that conversation one way or another but um, mm. there is some football happening the return of the Danske Bank Premiership is a small mercy and there will be 50 games streamed online by the BBC this year which will allow people to have more access to their clubs in one sense, maybe more access than you might have expected to get, given the circumstances where, obviously, spectator numbers are limited. And if you're getting into the grounds, good luck and please make sure you behave and, and adhere to all the rules. But 
The first game has been brought forward to happen tonight. That is Corinne against Balamina. A big derby match and uh, always an exciting one. Are you excited for it, Colin? Just excited to get the league back up and running again after such a long period of time. It looks like it may not start, but it's great to see things starting again. That's particularly a juicy tie to start with, shall we say. That's a good point. Um, it's, it's nice that you have a big derby game to sort of kick off the season. Hopefully that'll produce a really, really positive sort of viewing spectacle for people who are watching on television, which will encourage them to support the Irish League. Funny how these things work out. It was the first broadcast game in Northern Ireland post-lockdown, Corain against Balamina when it was the Irish Cup semi-final. I was right. there on that day for that, and it's now the first uh, broadcast league game of the new season too. It, uh, is it a chance for Corain to get a bit of revenge? Obviously, Balamina got the better of them on that day when they met in July. Yeah, well, I think it's a big chance for them to sort of get revenge. I mean, Corain have obviously proved already over the last few months, you know, that they have a very, very high standard of team there. Obviously, the European fortunes, uh, we all, were all fully aware of that. They did remarkably well in Europe, to be honest. And even last season, it was, I would say, more than any other club, they were probably disappointed when the season was sort of ended early. So they'll see this as a chance to really kick off with three points and really, really have another go at the title this time around. And Balamina... I mean, Shea McCartan obviously is a, a big name signing for them. As much as losing Adam Lackey, who we had on the program last week, is disappointing. Uh, we've seen already McElroy and McCartan could be a, a potent combination and attack for the Sky Blues. Yeah, it could well be. It's, it's obviously like any new combination sometimes takes a bit, of a bit of time to gel, so this game might possibly come slightly earlier for them. But uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to see how it develops. Obviously, Corain have strengthened as well. So it's uh, it's always good to see new faces. This is the excitement of the new season, and then we will see new faces in, in other club colours developments. It's always great to see how they actually gel into the team and how the team actually develops with these new faces on board. And in terms of how you think this one is going to go. What way are you leaning? I'm leaning towards Corey and many because of their European exploits and they've been up against you know, high standards of teams. They've proved that they can get results out of them and I just think they'll just edge this one. I think it'll be a good game. Hopefully it'll be a good game anyway for the viewer, but I think Corey will just edge this one. Well, nice to say 3-2, but we'll see how it turns out. Okay, and now just, I guess, a bit of homework, a bit of housekeeping, rather. Um, there is no prediction table this season for everyone to play along with. Quite frankly, the amount of work that goes in on that and how frantic we know this season is going to be, it seemed like we were on a hiding to nothing, so we're not doing it. So please feel free to play along at home and tell us when we get them wrong each week, but uh, there won't be an official leaderboard. So just to say that, apologies if anyone's disappointed, but uh, that's the decision we've come to on that one. Uh, Colin and I are actually secretly very relieved. <laughs> I'm probably more relieved than you, given my last two appearances on it. So. <laughs> At least I'll have finished bottom this time. <laughs> I was just trying to award myself the title this year, even though I got nowhere near it. After after two very good seasons, I think my third season was far from lucky, but there we are. I think if you try to work out the final points, to totally you might find you do, did finish top at the end of the day. I mean, you'll probably think of some interesting formula from last season that would have made sure you finished top again. Point, points per game that I like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, there's the formula we'll go by. Um, let's uh, start our Saturday preview with the champions, shall we? Linfield at home against Carrick Rangers. Obviously, they locked horns uh, during the week. Uh, another chance to do that this weekend. Yeah, indeed. Once again, Linfield, uh, to myself anyway, will be the team to beat. If you're going to win the league, you have to finish higher than Linfield. It's as simple as that. And they've proved that, obviously, year after year. And that's the situation. So, from Linfield's viewpoint, at home to Carrick-Fergus, uh, Carrick-Rangers, should say, around Carrick-Fergus, I would suspect that it should be a home win. Carrick has uh, brought in a couple of decent players. Obviously, Johnny Fraser's right and so forth. He'll add a wee bit of bite to their sort of front line from that sort of aspect. Uh, Stephen Gordon's also arrived from Glen Thorne, but and I think they'll be a hard side to beat this year once again. But I just think Glenfield will have too much in the tank, no doubt, for character game from a result at Windsor Park on Saturday. It was mentioned a little bit earlier on in the programme, but David Healy, five years now at Glenfield, it feels like only yesterday he came into the job. How would yeah. you sum up the five years that he's had? Pretty remarkable. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, people will often say, oh, Linfield, big club, you have to do well in Linfield and so forth. But all fair credit to David, to be honest, is one or two sort of 
if he's if he patches in the middle of that, but he's all but managed to take the, the side out and obviously improve them. And the side has gone from strength to strength over the last couple of years. So uh, well done. I think it's three titles in that five years. So you you could nearly ask much more than that from a manager. Not too shabby whatsoever. Um, elsewhere, Lauren at home against Dungannon Swifts. Lauren, I think, could well be the dark horses this year. Uh, obviously, we said that last year. We've seen how they finished last season. You know, they just went on a really good unbeaten run towards the end of last season. And I suspect they will carry it that forward onto this year. They've made a few good signs. The side look very, very well balanced now. Um, and obviously, they've been working together as a unit for quite a long time now. So I really think you'll, you'll see Lauren really, really sparkles from the start this season. I can't see Dungannon threaten them at, uh, at Inver Park, you know, so I think Lauren could well be the dark horses come the end of the season. And the thing is as well, mathematically, Lauren could have finished third uh, quite yeah. comfortably the way things were. It was so, so tight in those uh, positions outside the top two. And with plenty of games to go, you know, maybe some Lauren fans would have been uh, thinking that was a possibility. Uh, where last season was cut short, uh, they'll hope, and we all hope, obviously, that it goes the distance um, in a literal sense and we can get to 38 games. But Lauren are uh, certainly the team to watch, aren't they? Yeah, very much so. Uh, as I've said there, I mean, certainly the, they go into this season, even though there's been a large gap between last season and this, they'll certainly go in full of confidence. Uh, pre-season, they've been doing well. And there's no reason at all why they can sort of kick off up and running with three points on Saturday and, and really build from that. And good result against Crusaders there in the Grand Canyon the other night. It was, was it 4 0, I think it was. So yeah. I, from that sort of viewpoint, that sort of, to me, sort of says, like, Larna here and here to stay the balance. And I'm going to be very, very hard to, to overtake the season. Indeed. What's this space? Uh, the game I'm going to be at, so lovely to be able to go to a game on a Saturday. And I'm not rubbing that into the many clubs that unfortunately haven't got that at the minute. Um, but I am glad to be back at a match myself. I'll be at Solitude for Cliftonville against Glen Torren, which, as we now know, will be a, a semi-final game in the County Antrim Shield. But uh, it's a game that uh, keeps cropping up. They they always seem to manage to play each other uh, again and again and again uh, every season. And um, I don't think there's ever a dull encounter, as I was saying earlier on, to David Begley. Uh, what way do you see this one going tomorrow? Well, first of all, I'm going to say I'm not in the slightest but envious. He said line. <laughs> <laughs> you get to see line football. Lucky you. you know, the rest of us aren't. But uh, that's the way things are. But yeah, it's always a cracking game between these two sides. It's always blood and thunder from from right from the kickoff to the end of the 90 minutes. Uh, then Torn once again under pressure. I think to do well this season, and I do think they will have a, another very, very good season. Very, very hard start for them. It's never easy to go to solitude to get a result, as, as we all know. Uh, but I suspect they might just have the edge on Cliftonville come this Saturday, but I expect a high-scoring game on that one. Well, Joe Gormley on his own got four goals against Dundella the other night. So, I mean, if you're the Glentor in defence, you're expecting a difficult day, aren't you? Especially when you're against a Joe Gormley in form. Well, that's true. Joe Gormley, as you say, four goals, you know, that's, that's, he's the man to watch at the end of the day. But obviously, if they can put a tight rein around him and keep him under control, then up to the other players as well chip in but Tentorin themselves once again have been doing very very well pre-season they have been knocking goals in for fun as well and they've made a, a lot of quality additions in there obviously Bobby Burns has come in more recently as well so they're going to be a very very good side once again this season and the pressure definitely is on making the management team to deliver this time around and that's the thing isn't it you know titles are never won or lost in the first weekend of a season but it's a great opportunity to put a marker down for both clubs yeah, it's very much as the case, to be honest. As you say, to put a, put a marker down is, is critical for both sides. Um, I can foresee a season maybe this year where one side really, really picks up a lot, a lot of points and doesn't drop too many over the course of the season. So I know, I know you're saying there the season's not won or lost in the first week. I can see a club really putting together maybe six, seven, eight, maybe eight game winning streak. And if, you know, this, this could well be the start of it, possibly on Saturday, but interesting to see where it goes. It most certainly will be. Crusaders having, you know, licking their wounds, I guess, after that defeat against Larne, will look to bounce back on the road against Warren Point Town. And um, Warren Point have been uh, poking a bit of fun at me because I, on another uh, podcast, said that they're going to be one of the teams that could be battling down the bottom of the table this season. I don't think I'd win any prizes for saying that. But uh, mm. my jokey reply is, you know, they'll need to maybe give a bit more money to Barry Gray here. He's been bringing in, it feels like, a million players, but he obviously needs a bit bigger of a budget if he's still being tipped to be at the wrong end of the, the conversation. What do you think for Warren Point's season and indeed their opening match against Crusaders? Well, once again, looking back to last season, Warren Point just about survived by the 
skin of their their teeth in terms of relegation, etc. Um, although he's brought quite a few players in, I, I once again suspect was one of the smaller sides in the division. Once again, I suspect Warren Point might well struggle this season, but we've improved around before. They're always difficult to, to, to defeat down at home. Crusaders, as you say, going to the game. You know, on the back of a sort of a, a defeat there on Tuesday, which is probably see coming. To lose four 0 was not ideal preparation going into sort of their first league game of the season. But I think they might just have enough in the tanks to turn it around. Obviously, you know, Kushi's now staying on and so forth as well. And, the, and once again, they have made one or two decent signings along the way. So I suspect Crusaders will go and get the three points. But I think it'll be a lot tougher than what a lot of people are, are suspecting it might be. And as we know, you know, tonight we kick off with a derby, and the weekend closes with a derby as well. The Middlestar derby back in the top flight of Irish League football, promoted, ported down, now in the Premiership, and on the road to Mournview Park to face their fierce rivals, Glenavon, at half-five on Saturday. Just how much will people be looking forward to that one, Colin? Everybody be looking forward to that one immensely. It's, it's, once again, it's one of these ones that's so frustrating. I mean, if this had been played in normal circumstances, we'd expect the bumper crowd at it. Ported down supporters when they were in there, they're probably in there, the hundreds, if not thousands, to balance to support their team on their first, first game back in the Premiership. Unfortunately, it's, it's not going to be the case and they're just going to sit and watch it on their television screen. So, well, a great match. It would be a lot better if the crowd was there, but unfortunately, it is what it is. Um, I think Porter Down, once again, might take a bit of time just to adapt to the sort of higher level. Um, so, uh, I can see a, foresee a home win in terms of that one, but I think Porter Down will do okay, you know, come as they get more experience at this sort of level in terms of the division. And we saw earlier this week they did their socially distanced title celebrations finally after months of appeals and all the rest of it finally came to a close. That must be a relief for everybody in local football that finally decisions have been reached, even if the likes of PSNI won't feel and certainly do not feel satisfied by the outcome in the end. No, but I think I think obviously steps have been put in place this season, which I think is common sense that they're going to try and design a formula that basically will apply, design and sort of agree with clubs. This is going to be the formula if, in the event, the same situation happens again. So everybody knows exactly what will happen if the season has to be curtailed, and there's none of this appeals business and all sorts of things because it just has dragged on far too long. I don't think it's done the game any good. It hasn't done the football family any good. But I can understand the individual clubs wishing to appeal in there and certainly entitled to do so, but I don't think it's reflected terribly well on the game. So I think having a set of rules where each club will be fully aware of what happens in the event of a curtailment wouldn't do any harm moving forward. And are these protocols that are in place for the season starting, or is this something that's going to be worked on in the opening weeks of the new season? As far as I know, it's something they're still sort of working on, trying to get an agreement at the moment, to be honest. But I think hopefully they will push something through in order to get that sort of final edge. Well, that sounds like a very sensible idea anyway, certainly in the uncertain landscape that we find ourselves in. But uh, great to have you on the show again, Colin. Thank you very much for your thoughts on uh, this highly anticipated weekend in the Irish Premiership. The Score with Michael Clark. Well, that is us out of time again for another day. Thank you so much for your company. As always, The Score and I on Facebook and Twitter for all of your messages. And you can follow us wherever you get your podcast each week. Catch up on previous episodes on whatever your chosen platform is. Until next time, all that remains to be said is enjoy your weekend of sport. Bye-bye.